You are listening to the Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Please like and subscribe. Good morning. Welcome to the Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. It's my esteemed pleasure to have one. And it's nice to have you back on the show. Chef Kevin D., how are you, buddy? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Man, thanks so much for coming on, man. How you been, Chef? I've been great. How about you? Fantastic. You know, just kind of you know making those comebacks as everybody's trying to do right now and getting back on top of things. And obviously, you've been pretty busy. Um, you know, how's been the restaurant world recuperating since everything's gone on the last couple of years? So the restaurant world's slowly coming back. You got those people who you know shifted gears during the pandemic and switched to takeout or barbecue or quick serve. You know, to try to get through it, and they have kind of weathered the storm and they're coming back in a big way. A lot of others have shut down. Uh, my niche is the private chef world, and we're doing pretty well because of like you know when when people came back from the pandemic, they were a little scared to go to restaurants. Still, there was masks, there was plexiglass, right. there was weird ordering people didn't know what to do so they were doing dinner parties in their homes with their you know people in their bubble their quarantines and all that thing going on they were still having dinner parties and having drinks and enjoying themselves before kind of before they were ready to get back to restaurants so i can't complain um, hey hey you know what kind of a little bit ahead of this ahead of the swing there you know yeah you know it, it, it's uh even i you know i love to go to restaurants i travel all the time and i love to go to restaurants but it was it got a little weird for a while you know you can't talk to each other everybody's got masks and you're talking through glass and there's it's just a, it was it's a stranger environment than it you know the, the restaurant experience that it used to be right definitely for sure well i like the idea and i also like the idea by the way just to let you know i, I got a couple friends that are that are there's personal chefs that come into your home and stuff and, and, you know including yourself i think it's a really cool experience to have a chef come in and you have a, you know have a room full of friends and to make a dinner i think i think it's totally badass man yeah i mean thanks it's great because you know uh, a lot of people you know if they don't know how to cook or they entertain and they have to clean and they're not having fun right. they're worried about the food coming out on time and making sure everybody's fed this way you can just literally sit and enjoy yourself have cocktails drink wine eat the courses as they come out and then when i leave there's kitchen's exactly the same way i found it there's no dishes to be done there's no you know it's like uh Almost like it never happened, but you get the, the, you know, to be able to enjoy the whole night. Yeah, you get the Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner with none of the headaches. There you go. <laughs> there's, there's, there's your new commercial, Chef. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so look, man, you know, I, I know that you're, uh, you know, promoting this new event that you're coming to, and I think this is really cool, man, to get out there and, and people to be personable with, with a chef is, is your caliber, and along with a couple of your pals, but tell me something about Rocket City uh, Food uh, Brew Spirits Festival. Yeah, so I've been going to Huntsville, Alabama for the last four years and working with a company called Church Street uh, Family of Restaurants. They own a bunch of spots in Huntsville. When I started working with them, uh, they only had two restaurants. Now they're opening like their eighth. So business is booming down there. I was doing a guest chef dinner at their fine dining restaurant called Purveyor for the last few years. And I've seen how the city has grown, new restaurants popping up, rooftop bars, barbecue spots, cocktail bars. It's really, uh, really expanding and growing. Every year I've gone back and I've been saying, I want to bring some friends. Let's have, you know, let's expand on this, uh, this guest chef dinner that I'm doing. So now that they have all the spots, I've enlisted a couple of friends, Brian Duffy from Philly and chef Kayla Robeson from Cincy. Uh, both Food Network personalities, great chefs, chefs in restaurants, um, travel the country a lot and do the same kind of stuff that I do. 
and we're gonna do. I'm gonna do my traditional guest chef dinner at Purveyor on Thursday night, which I've always done, which people love. Uh, it's just an interactive night with with food, you know, cocktail pairings, wine, beer. It's not like a stuffy wine dinner. There's one course might be a specialty cocktail, one's a craft beer, one's a nice wine. We mix it up, and then I come out between courses. We interact. I talk about the recipes and things like that. So that's a really fun one. Uh, then Friday night we're doing a rooftop cocktail party at uh, their spot called the Poor House. Um, and then on Saturday is kind of the big festival style event at the Rocket Republic Brewery, um, which we're going to have food stations and pairings and their restaurants are all going to have food stations. There's going to be music, a true like outdoor festival atmosphere. And then we're doing a fun brunch on Sunday with a Q&A panel and Bloody Mary Bar and that whole thing. So it's just going to be a really fun weekend of culinary events. I love that. That sounds like a blast. It's funny. Chef, Chef Duffy has a little spot to my heart because I grew up outside of Philly. So, you know, I, I know he knows that cuisine and stuff very well. And he's a great chef. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not as familiar uh, with Chef Kayla. Um, but, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about her. And Chef she Duffy. is... Yeah, she, Chef Kayla is the executive chef at a restaurant in Cincinnati called Arnold's. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the oldest restaurant and bar in all of Cincinnati. Wow. She's been the chef there for a long time. She just recently won Chop, so she's a Chop champion. She also won Guys Grocery Games. She's done Man vs. Food. Uh, I know she's been on Today Show, I think on like a Thanksgiving special or something like that. So. She's a, she's a little dynamo. She's all over the place. She's an amazing cook. She gets it done. We just did a big event out in Vegas for like 5,000 people. Whoa. And we were, you know, we're banging out food and having fun. And, and then Duffy, you know, he's, you know, been in restaurant world forever. He was the, you know, the, the first bar rescue, uh, bar rescue chef expert for the first couple seasons. Had his own show on Food Network called Opening Night. Uh, and has just, he he has like he consults on over a hundred restaurants all over the world, um, and occasionally when the when the calendars meet up, we get to go and do these fun events together and, and meet people and cook and have cocktails and just uh, enjoy the culinary scene. I dig that. So so let me ask you a question. So you got two of these top chefs with you. You know what's like your favorites of both of theirs. You know as being mates as being pals. You know, what do you look at Chef Kayla and say, yeah, man, I dig that, you know, and, and Chef Duffy, yeah, that's that's my deal that, you know, when we get together. Because I know, man, you know, you get, you, you, you compare stuff, and I, and I know you and I talked about it before, you know, God knows you love a good greasy spoon out at night after work, but, you know, what's, what's you know, your mates, of you know, your buddies' events there, I mean, uh, buddies' uh, dishes there that you like to eat off of theirs. So Kayla's known, she's got an award-winning burger, which is amazing. I always love a good burger. I know, I always, every time I go to a restaurant, I see a burger on the menu. I'm like, you know, it's been a while since I've had a good burger. Right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't order them nearly as much as I should because I love them. So her burger, and then obviously Duffy makes a great Philly cheesesteak. I think he's doing a play on that, but he's using pork, and there's some Mexican stuff going on uh, for the for the Saturday event. So he's going to do some kind of twist on his Philly roots and. uh you know, we're going to tie in a local Huntsville beer, um, and I, I think Kayla's got a, a local rum that she's pairing with, and then I'm uh, going to be pairing with Question Tequila, which is out of Nashville. He's actually based in Huntsville and Nashville. Right. It's, an ama- it's an amazing tequila, um, and he's he's blowing up big time, so I always, whenever I can pair with his, with his tequila, I do. Chef, tell me that name of that tequila again. It's called Question. 
Question. And the tagline is question everything. It's got a cool like uh, question mark shaped bottle. Um, it's it's a, it's a beautiful beautiful product, and I think he just signed a bunch of big deals with like Total Wine, and uh, he's expanding into Texas, and so you should you should see that brand around pretty soon everywhere. Well, I'm gonna have to check that out because you know we're based out of Nashville, so I'm gonna have to get hooked up with him and and have the man on the show to talk about tequila. What makes hundred percent? What makes a good tequila, chef? Uh, I, well, his tequila is great, but the, the main mistake that I see people make is one, they drink way too much of it, way too fast, <laughs> a lot of sugar. And what I've learned from him is that if you, it's just kind of like a scotch, you want to sip it. You just want to sip it straight, maybe a lime, ice cube, and it's made for sipping. And you get a nice mellow buzz and you can sustain it. But if you, you know, if you chug 12 margaritas, you're going to have the same tequila story that every college kid has, right? Never again. Right, yeah, ex- 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 exactly, Chef. You know, and you know me, I'm a Scotch drinker, so I dig that. You know, I mean, it is. What's 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 your uh, Scotch of choice right now, Chef? Uh, you know, I I actually that's a tough one. I uh, are you a single guy, or are you a are you a blended, or it depends on the mood, or no, I like the single malt. Um, Balvini has been good. You know, Basil Hayden. I, I always like a good Basil Hayden. I, I was at an event the other day, and I just tried a ton of them. And, and for some reason, <laughs> that, that, that Basil Hayden really stood out as being clean and fresh and crisp and not overwhelming. So, uh, you know, that's a good one. like that. I've never tried that, Chef. I'm going to have I'm gonna have to send you one from my barrel, too. I aged out just recently. So we'll get caught up Perfect. off the air, and I'll send you one out, buddy. And I'll make sure you get a bottle of tequila as well. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, so let me ask, what's so special about these kind of events, man? You know, because I'll tell you what, you know, first of all, let me ask you, you just said you, you were cooking for 5000 in Vegas. How yes. hard is that? I mean, because, you know, I've been around the restaurant business before and everything else, but 5,000 people, how hard is that, Chef, just to prepare and then to do? Well, so you said it. So it's all in the prep, right? So we're in there the morning before, and we're prepping and getting organized and getting equipment set up. And so when the floodgates open, we're pretty much on autopilot. And that's the thing. It's all in the preparation and braising the meat and doing all the things you got to do ahead of time. So then when it comes to service, just like when you're in a restaurant, you can bang things out fairly quickly. So whether it's 50 or 5,000, it really is all in the prep. So, you know, that may seem like a lot of, a lot of people to feed, but if you got the right amount of chefs and the right amount of prep and everybody's talented and doing what they're supposed to do, it can be fairly easy if you do it well. Right. So right. it's, it's really all in the prep and, and the execution and, you know, having the equipment and everything in the right place and service, uh, you know, it's really just getting ready and being ready. It's just like I equate it to like in the restaurant business at Friday night at four fifty. If all goes well, you're sitting there completely stocked up. All your things are made. Your sauces are ready to go. All your stuff is prepped and you're just waiting for those people to come in. And then, you know, usually you can do it seamlessly because you're sitting there ready to go. And that's the whole key to it. Right. Yeah. I think everybody thinks that, okay, chef, you get the tag, there you go, and you're in action. But you know, if you're not set up, that action's a long process. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot goes into it. You know, people. I get that a lot because they see me traveling here and traveling for there and working with this celebrity, and they say, you know, you must have the life. Well, you know, I have to travel sometimes. Red eyes, and sometimes I show up, and the product's not there. I have to run out and get it, and 
make sure I have the staff and, you know, I'm there 10 hours earlier prepping things up, you know, when, when it's go time and, you know, there's celebrities and cameras and all things like that. It's all, it's all gravy. Right. But before that there's a lot of work that goes into it, just getting there and getting the food there and getting, make sure there's equipment there and you have the things that you need. So that's uh, a lot of behind the scenes stuff that people don't know about. Got you on that. Let me ask you a question. Biggest thing uh, or, or strangest or hard, hardest thing you had to improvise for an event or whatever? Oh, that's a tough one. Well, you know, one time I did a wedding on a beach in Rhode Island and we were literally grilling on the beach and it was a windstorm. So we have, you know, $500 worth of steaks that we're trying to throw in the grill and all of a sudden there's sand everywhere. Um, so luckily I packed everything up and I had a friend with a restaurant nearby and we brought everything over, blasted it off, brought it back and it was fine, but it could have gone really bad. We could have just, it could have just been no food to serve if it was all covered in sands. Right. So you got to think on your feet, you got to be able to shift gears. Uh, something like that is not the norm. Right. It's more, it's more like, okay, we didn't have, we didn't have New York strip. We sent you ribeye or things, little things like that, that you got to kind of, you know, change the cooking style and things on like that. But big stuff like that rarely happens. I'm going to knock on wood. So nothing like that happens, but <laughs> it's usually, it's usually easy stuff. And as a chef, you're all about solutions and figuring it out. And, you know, I may show up and, you know, I, like I did a great food truck race and one of our, uh, signature dishes was a fried lobster fritter and i had a truck with a fryer that didn't work oh no so so, so what do you do do you do, do you just you know say oh i guess the show's over no i, I went out and bought a 24 dollar little camping side burner and put a pot of oil on it and made five thousand lobster fritters out of it you gotta do what you gotta do right are you kidding me seriously that is nope. awesome man you know that is you just that is figure it out cool you know, yeah. but, but, but chef with, and I want to say something, by the way, you know, food trucks get, sometimes get a bad rap and I've tasted some incredible food trucks. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, I mean, since, since the food truck race started the last 10 years or so, yeah. uh, chefs who have fine dining restaurants, all kinds of crazy restaurants all over the country are saying, you know, I don't want to be stuck in my restaurant anymore, but so let's take some of these dishes and take them on the road. So you're not getting, you're not just getting hot dogs and cheesesteak and sausage, like the normal things that you right. might, or tacos, the things that you'd used to get from the food truck. You can literally get anything and everything off a food truck now, dumplings and lobster rolls and anything. Yeah. I got two food trucks right down the street to serve incredible tacos, incredible tacos, not just standard ones either. So, you know, and then you got a hot chicken guy down there. That's just all of a sudden, right. Same thing. So I just, I just think that people kind of, some people have never stopped at a good food truck of just thinking back in the day and well it's a sandwich or whatever and it's not it's not your old it's like your old hollywood craft truck nothing against the craft truck guys because they fed me well many times but that's what they kind of think of just a sandwich and whatever and and you can get anything on a food truck today oh man and some of these trucks are completely customized to the cuisine and there's you know some of them are nicer than restaurant kitchens right. i've been in a few that have have brand new Viking range and broilers and grills and the most beautiful equipment that you can ever see. And you can drive away you know, because it's on wheels. So it, that, that world has come a long way. For sure. Right now, now, you know, doing this event, talk to me about what you get for this event and, and, and what you can do, you know, coming in here 
and uh, you know for the events. Tell us what the people can get for coming into these events. Yeah, so you can, there's a couple different options. You can just buy single event tickets. If you have things scheduled and just want to come to my dinner on Thursday night, uh, you can come and get that five course with pairings and the interactive. And, you know, it's like a two or three hours of uh, food and cocktails. And I talk to every single table and I take pictures. Um, the rooftop cocktails I'm looking forward to because I have not been to that property of theirs, so that's going to be fun. And that, I think that is free if you buy tickets to the other events because uh, that's just basically cocktails are going to be mingling, there's going to be food. Um, and then that, that Saturday event, that's the real thing that I was looking to do in Huntsville with that like festival feel. There's music, there's beers, there's smoke because we're going to all have grills and flat tops and things going at the same time we're going to be doing signature dishes with those pairings that i talked about so you're going to be getting you know you walk up to a chef station i'm going to give you a plate of whatever i'm making plus that pairing we're going to talk about it you're going to eat it and drink and go on to the next one and uh you know i believe that rocket republic has like over 100 brews on tap um, so that's going to be the real fun festival style. And then there's the brunch on Sunday, which is at the same place, uh, a little more laid back. We're going to be doing stations as a bloody Mary bar. Um, but we're also going to do like a Q and a panel <clears throat> because when I do the dinners, as much as I'd like to come out and talk, I still am in the back cooking and plating and getting these courses out. So after the brunch, we're actually going to sit for an hour, answer questions, talk about recipes, what it's like to be a traveling chef. You know, a lot of people have questions about Gordon Ramsay or what's it like to cook on TV? Is the timing different? Blah, blah, blah. So we're just going to sit and talk for an hour, which we don't often get a chance to do because a lot of times it's kind of, you know, in the realm of a, a restaurant scene or an event where we have to cook. So, excuse me, it's going to be nice to be able to sit and talk. And, and that, that sounds really cool. And let me ask you a question just without, without being a spoiler there. Chef, you know, what is it like to, you know, I know what it's like to get behind and all of a sudden cook for, you know, a specific deal. But what is it like to cook on TV, man? Well, you know, it's every show is different. So if it's like a morning show, it's a piece of cake, right? Because... After the first few times, you just forget the cameras are there and just do what you're there to do. I'm here to cook. Uh, this dish I've probably made a thousand times. I'm not going to make it any different because there's a camera here. Right. So so that, 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 that stuff is kind of easy. The competition shows are a little harder because they have, you know, the timing of these shows. Sometimes it's a 10-hour shoot and you could cook a dish and it could sit there for an hour where they're changing lights or they're waiting for a host to come out or there's a judge, you know. So the, the, the one thing that I'll say about cooking on TV for one of these competition shows is that the timing is completely different than in the real world. So when you, you know, go on like, a competition, yeah, so when you go on a competition show... You know, I know you were on one that I kind of feel like, I know you kind of felt like you got jobbed on. So, <laughs> you know, but I mean, and it did, and your meal did look more delicious, by the way. I, I went back and found that episode, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but like something like that, legitimately, do you have that 35 minutes or whatever it is? Because, you know, as well as I know TV, I've never filmed a, a, a cook show. So I don't know how, you know, one of those battles works. Yeah, so the ones that I've been on the, the time with the time constraints, they've all been real. Like okay. the beat Bobby Flay situation was yeah. <laughs> here here's your ingredient, you have fifteen minutes. Go. There was no like um 
you know, ahead of time, you know, hey, we're going to give you 10 extra minutes to find pots and pans and XYZ. It's all been real. And the same thing with the food truck race. You know, when there's a time limit, there's a time limit. And there's a camera there over your shoulder making sure that you're done when the clock stops. And, you know, hands up, knives down situation. There's no... There's no cheating when it comes to that world because there's so many cameras and you're mic'd up for 24 hours that you can't, there's really no way to cheat the timing situation. So that all my experiences with the, with the timed competitions have all been true. A lot of, that's, that is a big question a lot of people ask. Like, do you really only have 15 minutes to make the best appetizer you've ever made? Which, <laughs> you know. It's all relative, right? Because if you're in a kitchen that you're familiar with, that's not a problem. You do it every day. It's a, but if you're in a kitchen you've never walked into before, you're looking for pots and pans and knives and lighting burners. And right. So you waste a lot of time on that. But the, the time constraint is a real thing. Um, I, I will say that uh, being a private chef and traveling around, I, I almost look at every single dinner party that I do is like a quick fire because sometimes if there's traffic or if there's a guest that shows up late or, th- you know, you have to switch your timing on the fly. Or if you, right. you get there 50 minutes, if I, I always plan to get there an hour early, but if I get there 45 minutes early, okay, now I'm under the gun. I have to have this first course ready in 45 minutes. So, you know, it's all about timing. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's kind of a chef's world anyway. You know, I mean, uh, anybody who's, ever showed up to a restaurant on Christmas, look, man, chef ain't at home. He's working his butt off. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, Christmas, Christmas and Sundays aren't exactly the chef days of, uh, of uh, being off, you know, or Thanksgiving. No, no, no. I mean, luckily now that I'm a, I've been a private chef for the last six years, I, I have a little more control over that, but right, right, right. I still, I still work just as much. But if I, if I want to take a couple of days off during the holidays, I can, I always find myself working anyway, but the option is there. Right. Um, hardest thing you still find to cook today that like still just kind of irritates you to cook today and you've been cooking for so long. Oh man, that's a tough one. I, I think I've worked quite a bit of it out. It's, there's no real ingredient that if I have the time and proper equipment that I can't work with. Um, maybe if you threw something new at me, but I usually what happens with that is I, I will plug something that's similar with the dish that I've done before and say, okay, this is going to work well with this. So if I've done it with a short rib and you throw some other type of meat at me, I can say, I'm going to do that same kind of setup, um, same kind of prep. Uh, but there's really, you know, I hate to say I know it all because I definitely don't, but yeah. there's nothing that comes to the top of my head that, that I really have trouble with. There's, there's nothing that somebody just hands you and says, uh, and I'm making this up. My salmon just is a pain in my ass, or whatever. There's nothing that just kind of gets there that just you like, man. You hope it gets every time, or most most of the time, it's pretty good. Pretty good in your wheelhouse. Uh, knock on wood, I've had great luck, and I've had, I've had nothing like that that's given me problems. I've got, if you asked me ten years ago, I would have had a long list. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I've you know most of the stuff I work with now is is easy to work with for me because I've been doing it for so long. You know, and, and, and that's, that's funny. I like that, you know, and if, and if you fall on something, we didn't have this conversation. <laughs> right, right. I'll completely forget about it. Uh, no matter how much you play it back for me, I'll completely forget about it. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, so uh, let me ask you a question. Last time we were on the show, we talked about kind of what made a great steak. 
Tell somebody what makes a great burger today. We were talking about burgers, and I know you've eaten burgers probably all over the world, at least all over the country. You know, what makes a great burger to Chef Kevin D? Well, I have uh, I have a couple things to say about that. I've judged the best burger contest at, at food and wine festivals with Adam Richman and Scott Conant and all the you know the big celebrity chefs you see. And I've I think I that day nine burgers, so I was pretty <laughs> stuffed. And I, I also had an award-winning burger of my own called the Bistro Burger when I owned the restaurant up in Vermont for many years. It was a it was a big time Bistro Burger. But the, the few things that I will say. Um, the key is the meat to fat ratio, which is like you want an 80% meat, 20% fat count. So when you go to the store, you see those numbers on the beef, it's 80, 20, it's 90, 10, it's 85. You know, that's the meat to fat ratio. And you want to have just enough fat that it stays juicy and you don't dry it out like a hockey puck. Right. Uh, so that's number one, that 80, 20 is perfect. Um, and then, a lot of people, when they cook at home, they tend to overcook because they're scared. They don't want it to be raw. Right. Um, they don't. They don't realize that when you when you cook it, you know, you always want to pull it off a little before you think it's ready. So if you're a medium guy, you want to pull it off around medium rare because it's going to continue to cook. You pre, you generally don't eat it right off the grill. It takes five minutes for you to get to it, and it continues to cook. And by the time you actually get to it, it will be a perfect medium. So that carryover effect is always in place when you're dealing with meat. Uh, so you always want to pull it off just before because you can always throw it back on and cook it a little more. But once it's overcooked, you're, there's nothing you can do about it, right? So right. that's the one tip I say: pull it off a little, a little before, a couple minutes before you think it's ready, and it'll get there. And if it doesn't, you can always pop it back on. But that fat to meat ratio is huge. Not overcooking it is also huge. Um, I, I'm, a, I, I'm. I think we talked about this last time, but I have super simple taste when it comes to my own food. So, just a, a slice of cheese, a little lettuce, and a tomato, and you're good to go. I don't need the 15 toppings, you know, to make it crazy. <laughs> Occasionally, a fried egg or something like that is great, but you want to taste the flavor of the meat and the, and the fresh vegetables and things like that. You don't want to kind of muddle it with 15 things going on. So, don't overcook it. Keep it simple, and a nice 80-20 blend is is what you want. Yeah, see, I, I think, and I love, I love that 80-20 thing. I think people think, man, I got to get this 90-10 stuff for it. And that fat gives it flavor. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chef. Yeah, it gives it flavor and it keeps it moist. I mean, you right. can get a 90-10, you can get 90-10 and you throw it on the grill for a couple minutes and all of a sudden it's dry and what's the point? You should be eating something, eat chicken if you're going to do that. That's my, <laughs> that's my advice. And you brought that up. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you something real quick about that. Chicken breast, very plain, very, you know, very hard to change the taste of it. Good tip for people with chicken breasts. So a cooking tip is always to, uh, you want to sear it in a pan or on a grill, right? And then you want to pop it in a low oven and just let it cook for a little while. And that will allow it to cook in the middle, get it up to temp, and it will stay juicy. People, that's another thing that people at home do is they dry out their chicken because they're scared to undercook it. Right. So if you if you pop it in like a 325 degree oven, you could leave it in there for an hour and by, and you could pull it out and eat it and it would still be juicy and, and moist and you, it wouldn't dry out. But if you throw it in at 375, after about 15 minutes, it's dry and, you, and you're just going to chew on it. And this, so low and slow that's that's my that's my tip when it comes to chicken you get that hard sear with salt and pepper just like you would uh on a steak right. on both sides you hard sear it uh, in a pan or on the grill and then you just pop it in a low oven and 
and let it cook for a little while and then you pull it out slice it and it's still moist because what happens if when you cook it high it tightens up and it gets chewy and mm-hmm. it gets dry and that's not what you want is that one of those tricks you learned in, in culinary school so you can fix everything else you know when you were learning to do it all yourself or did you just you know learn that by in trade well you know a lot of well it goes back to timing so when i'm cooking in people's houses uh, a lot of times i'll cook like a whole filet of beef or a chicken or you know all these other things that i have to I have to get going when I first get there because they take the longest, right? So I need to be able to leave it in the oven and do 10 other things while that's cooking. So I always do it nice and low, check it, check it, check it as, you know, as I'm prepping and doing things and I can just, I can crank it up at the end if I need to, but it never overcooks. And that's, that's huge when you're in the private chef world because... Like I said, a whole Chateaubriand is a whole filet of beef. I sear it off, I pop it in the oven low, and I just leave it there, and I go about my business doing prep for salads and risotto and all those other things that I'm cooking, and I don't have to stand over a a pan or a grill and watch the meat cook. I just pop it in there and let it finish. Right, yeah, like you said, timing, chef, on that part of it is, I mean, without a doubt. I love that, and I love the tip on the chicken because of the fact that, you know, chicken breast, you know, man, it's one of those things, you know, it tastes, you know, it, it, you have to do something to it. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and it's all, you know, you can you can let it cook for a little while and do a little soy chili glaze on there and throw that right in the pan, let it soak it up a little bit, and, you know, it, it's not hard. Like, right. keep it simple. A lot of these recipes... The, the key is to keep it simple is when you have 15 ingredients and when you're trying to mix this, that, and the other thing, things become complicated and, you know, they don't taste the way they're supposed to. The, the, the best stuff, whether it's a piece of grilled fish with a bit of a lemon, sea salt, and pepper or something like that, super simple but fresh, good ingredients is the key to making a great recipe. Okay, cool. One more thing. We'll, go back to, we'll get back to the event for one second. This is favorite street food of chef. Oh man, favorite street food. I grew up around Boston and have gone to Fenway for my entire life. So that sausage and pepper smell on the street when you get out of a a Red Sox game will stick with me forever and ever. Um, But I I do like the fact to go back what we talked about that you can get anything on the street these days on a food truck, whether it's tacos or dumplings or cheesesteaks or sausage or you know, anything you can get. So I, I do like that, but I have to stick with the, the old school New England sausage and peppers. Quit waving those rings around, chef. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> it wasn't always like that though. I was, I was fan of them when they were awful for many, many years. So I, 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 I know, I know that. Hey, Hey, look, you know, I'm from Texas originally, man. You know, I wore a lot of rings, and all of a sudden we've had a dry spell that hasn't stopped. You know? Right, right. You have to enjoy it when it happens because everybody thinks, oh, we're going to get more of them, and you just never know. Right, it could be, exactly. It could be 30 years. You know, ask the Browns or the Bengals. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, <laughs> Browns might have a chance, you know. And uh, Jerry Lawler, you didn't hear me say that. But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, so let me ask you a question, Jeff. Coming in this event, What's the biggest thing you look forward to coming into an event like this? I mean, this Rocket Food and you know, and, and and you know, City Festival Spirits event. You know, I mean, festival. What's what's your favorite thing about this, man? Really, it's all about the people. You know, I, I love the city of Huntsville, and the people have always been very gracious and welcoming to me. The fact that my 
chef dinner has sold out the last four years in like a day. Wow. And, you know, and th- when I went back last year to do it, the, the talk around town was like, we couldn't get tickets. We tried to get tickets. Um, and, and so everybody's just really into the food scene and the pairings and, you know, the fact that I get to talk to all these people and they're always like, thanks for coming to Huntsville. Just, oh man, I love the people. And it's, it's, it's a very interactive situation where you get to talk to everybody and, and cook for them and, you know, put your craft on display and it's great when they really love it and they, you know, knock on wood, they love it again and they want to ask questions about it. They want to try to make it at home. They send me pictures of a dish that they tried to duplicate of mine from the dinner or they tag me on Instagram and they're making my scallops and things like that. It's really, it's a good feeling to be able to love what you do and have other people love it. So just the interacting with the people in the, in the city, seeing that it's come such a long way over the last three or four mm-hmm. years, um, I'm just happy to be a part of it. And I'll tell you what, May, Huntsville, beautiful time, not too hot, not too cold, and and by, and by speaking with street food, by the way, great barbecue down there. I got to give them give them their due. Got some great barbecue in Huntsville and in Alabama. Period. But I mean, you know, it's a, it's a cool town, and it's a cool town to be down in in May. So I think yeah. you know, not too hot. Like I said, not too cold. Great time to be in Huntsville. You know, welcoming people and everything else. Man, I think that's a cool time to get down there and roll in there and check it out. You know, and uh, this type of event. Where else do you get to see three world-class chefs, you know, at an event that you can intermingle with, you know, have a Q&A with, all these things, you know, and that you normally would just watch on TV? Yeah, that's true. And, and that's, again, going back to that, that's my favorite part is to be able to, to hang with the people and cook for them and answer questions and talk and just, uh, you know, when I go into people's homes, I'm literally on stage every single night. You know, it's, right. that's what it feels like for me. I'm cooking. People are looking over my shoulder. I'm answering questions. We're talking. You know, what was it like when you made this for so-and-so? Uh, just, it's really all about the people. and it, That's the funnest part for me. And it hasn't always been like that because when I was a chef 15, 20 years ago in restaurants, I think you know, nobody wanted to know who the chef was. <laughs> nobody wanted to talk to the chef. They could care less. Um, I wasn't maybe the, the most outgoing guy because I never had to deal with people on this kind of scale. So being in people's homes and talking to people every night and has really loosened me up and, you know, just enjoy yourself and, and hang out and have fun. I was going to say chef because, yeah, because, you know, normally, you know, chef's kind of king. So you in the kitchen, he kind of dictates what goes on, you know. And, and, and everything else for it. So now all of a sudden you're in your own little world. So all of a sudden now you're in a sociable world and you have to perform in front of people and, you know, not take your fingers off or, you know, and I mean, I would love, you know, but, you know, or not just all of a sudden, you know, things mess up and things can happen, but you know, it's, it's a totally different environment than you're used to as a regular chef in the kitchen. Yeah. It's totally, like I said, you're on stage every single night. So there's, not only are you walking into a kitchen that you don't know, but a lot of times it's, you know, people that own their homes, that's their castle. So you got this guy walking into a kitchen he's never seen before, you know, going through the cupboards and grabbing equipment and doing all this thing. So you have to be comfortable with that. And usually after a minute or two, once they see what's going on, that I know exactly what I'm doing, they kind of relax and enjoy themselves. But there is that one or two minutes of like, okay, if they've never had a private chef before, 
what do we do? What do you need? Do you, are you looking for something? Da, da, da. And I was like, you know what? Just enjoy yourself. I completely have it under control. So uh, there's there's a bit of that. But, uh, you know, once I get rolling and everybody sees it and smells and, you know, ask questions, it's they move on from that right away. If they don't, if they're not comfortable with having somebody else in the kitchen or they never have, have had somebody else in their kitchen, it only takes a couple minutes and they're just like, all right, looks like you got it. And then they're off to the cocktails. And uh, what's going to be the cuisine for uh, your chef's day over there at uh, Rocket City? Uh, so, like I said, I, 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 I'm doing probably a braised short rib, either a taco or a slider. Uh, I'm going to be doing a soy chili glaze, and we're going to be pairing it with a, one of the Question tequila drinks. Uh, I know the Chef Duffy's doing something with pork. Uh, not sure what Kayla's doing yet. Uh, but for my dinner at Purveyor, I know I'm going to be doing... Uh, you know, first course is like a mini lobster roll with the warm butter and the celery. And I, I'm going to be doing a burrata dish. And uh, I think I'm doing some sea bass with the coconut curry broth. And then a seared duck with a blackberry jam. And then we're going to do a uh, warm zeppoli with uh, salted caramel filling for dessert. So that's going to be a fun one. And all, all those are going to have perfectly hand-picked pairings, whether it's a craft beer or a boutique wine or, you know, a local tequila cocktail uh, that really elevates the experience of having a perfectly paired cocktail or drink with that food. Man, Coach, Chef, I haven't eaten yet. You're killing me, brother. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds fantastic. I mean, you know, one last tip for our people there so they can ask me, Bob, what's one good thing? You you, you said, you know, uh, a lobster roll. That seems like it sounds so simple, but yet, man, I've tasted great ones and I've tasted in ones. So, I mean, what's what's a good thing to look for in a lobster roll, man? Uh, so for me, it's uh, you do, a lot of people will, will chop up the meat and chop up the claws because they want to stuff that in there. I, I just barely run a knife over things so you don't have one like massive claw sticking out. But uh, I really don't mess with the lobster too much. Keep it as whole as you can. Run a knife over it so it fits in the roll, but don't go crazy. I personally love uh, just a little bit of warm butter and celery and a little black pepper, and that's it. On a toasted bun, the key to a lobster roll is to toast the bun on all sides so it can stand up to that lobster, butter, celery. The last thing anybody wants is a soggy bun, right? right. So uh, that's huge. And it's, again, uh, clarified butter. And what I do is I just drop the lobster meat in the butter. On really, really low, and just let it simmer. And then when it's time to plate, I'll put throw it right in the roll because you don't want chewy lobster. So you want just low and just the the perfect succulent claws and all that. So again, only three or four ingredients, but done well and executed well can be the best dish you ever had. Baby Jesus, I'm hungry now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? You're based in Nashville. Yes, sir. I'm going to be doing some events in Nashville, so we'll have to hook up and get you in to eat. Without without a doubt, my friends, you got my number. We'll definitely do that. We'll go hook you up with some scotch, too, because you can maybe come over and we'll try and we'll sit down. We'll have some have some food together as well. But, man, it's been such a pleasure having you on. Where can everybody find Chef Kevin D on social media? Yeah, uh, Instagram is ChefKevD1, and you can see everything from there. Same thing with uh, Facebook is ChefKevD, and Twitter is the same. Website is ChefKevD.com, uh, but I'm the most active on Instagram, I would say, so you can see pictures of me and clients and some of the upcoming events, all uh, ChefKevD1 on Instagram. 
Man, it's been such a pleasure. I'm so glad we got a chance to get together, buddy. You make sure to reach out when you're in town. This is going to be a fantastic event, man. Rocket City Food, Brew, and Spirits Festival. Man, you can't go wrong there. I mean, first of all, just that in the title alone in Huntsville, Alabama, you're going to have an awesome weekend by itself. I mean, just to go and have a good time. Then you get three world-class chefs there. You can't go wrong with that, ladies and gentlemen. Go look it up churchstreetfamily.com for all the details and uh man i think chef i think you're gonna have a great time it's may 19th through the 22nd friday through sunday man you know go check it out tell chef you heard you know you heard it right here on lifebox media channel but we appreciate it we hope you have a great time and a great event chef looking forward to it and i'll talk to you soon take care lifebox media channel we are out